Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 335, The Beginning of the Church's Calendar Year, the First Sunday of Advent, Year C. The Church's Year has a different timing from the usual secular calendar year. This weekend, with the first Sunday of Advent, a new church liturgical year has begun. We have a three-year cycle of readings. The Church's liturgical year begins with Advent, in anticipation of the birth of Christ. Every year we focus upon and read continuously through a particular Gospel. The weekend cycle covers three years. Year A, Matthew's Gospel. Year B, which we've just concluded, was Mark's Gospel. And Year C is Luke's Gospel, which begins this weekend. If you're wondering why there isn't a fourth year cycle, with John's Gospel as the fourth, It's because John's Gospel is so rich in theology, and the latest of the four Gospels is spread throughout all of the years and is especially fitting in Lent, Easter and Christmas times. The readings are fairly continuous through this three-year cycle, although parts are not included, largely due to repetition or to fit the asymmetrical nature of the Bible into a neat three-year cycle. There may be some jumping about so that the Old Testament readings are often placed in the same weekend next to a gospel passage with similar contrasting or expanded themes. The beauty of our continuous cycle of readings is in the Catholic Church and most of the mainstream Christian churches, there is this set cycle of readings. Our lectionary is usually the Bible divided up into regular installments that continue on from the previous week. The great thing about this is that over that three-year cycle, we cover most of the Old and New Testament readings. The weekday readings are also a separate cycle, quite independent from the weekends, which cover a two-year period. In the weekday cycle, the first reading changes and the gospel is the same for the same weekday of the year, irrespective of whether it be year one or two. That's for the weekdays only. The advantage of this way of choosing readings is twofold. We progressively hear from the breadth of the scriptures, not just old favourites. The other reason is that we let the word of God choose us, and not us choose the word of God. If we arbitrarily choose the readings for each weekend, it could open up the scriptures to all sorts of watering down. For example, some texts are more challenging and less pleasant than others. How many times have you seen when a group is choosing readings for a liturgy that they might be tempted to skip over an option because the subject matter is not pleasant or might even be deemed rather arbitrarily irrelevant? In fact, most scriptures are very relevant. If we sit with them and ponder their often challenging meaning. Admittedly, some passages seem more readily relevant than others, but that can be a great trap. Also, for the preacher, it could be a temptation to pick the readings that are easier, more entertaining, more engaging to preach upon. But in the end, surely the Word of God needs to be let free to set the agenda, and not us. Also, a challenging word from the Bible can be quite neutralised if people think that the preacher or others have chosen a particular passage to get a particular point across. So in our system, if a reading comes up that's uncannily topical, it's not chosen by the minister, it's the action of the Spirit, who enlivens the Word of God contained in these scriptures. So we begin Advent. A new church year has begun. It's a time of renewal and new beginnings. 
from a church perspective, now is the best time to bring out those inspiring New Year resolutions, Christian style, and for us to ask God to direct and guide us as we immerse ourselves deeper and deeper each day into the reality of God's love, compassion, mercy and justice. We've commenced our four-week preparation for the Feast of the Nativity of our Lord. It's such a short time of preparation that we have to be vigilant because the busyness of this season could easily mean that we blink and miss it. This weekend's readings are all about preparing and being ready, staying awake and being watchful. I particularly like St. Paul's words in the second reading. May the Lord be generous in increasing your love and make you love one another and the whole human race as much as we love you. And may he so confirm your hearts in holiness so as to make more and more progress in the kind of life that you're meant to live, the life that God wants. The whole purpose, the whole point and goal of our lives of faith is to continue along the path of loving our God by means of deepening our love and reverence for one another. Our attitudes, our thoughts and actions are intended to foster each day an ever deeper love, a deep charity and concern for all our fellow brothers and sisters. That's all people. What a wonderful calling to strive with God's grace to be everything God desires us to be. We're called to grow daily in love, goodwill, peace and mercy. The readings also ask us some important questions. Do you believe that God will indeed fulfill his solemn promises to us? Do you believe that in the end God will come in power and establish in its fullness the heavenly kingdom of God's peace, justice and mercy? Do you believe that ultimately honesty, peace and integrity and above all love will be at the centre of all creation through Christ? Come Lord Jesus, teach us your truth. Establish your kingdom in all its fullness. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Come Lord and save us. Come Spirit all around us with you, eternal life, with wisdom in your words, with hope and love, you fill the universe, and that is enough. Come, Lord, and save us. Free us 
soul, O God. In you I have trusted. Let me not be put to shame, nor let my enemies exult over me, and let none who hope in you be put to shame. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Hello, everyone. As we begin our Advent journey in preparation for Christmas, we bless this Advent wreath. May the sprinkling of this water remind us all gathered here of our first sharing in the grace of baptism. During this time of Advent, may we prepare for the Lord's coming with open hearts and minds. May this wreath be a symbol to us of this time of prayerful watching and waiting for the coming of the Lord. We now light the candle for the first Sunday of Advent, the prophet's candle, symbol of hope, reminding us that Jesus is coming. Lord Jesus, your coming was proclaimed by the prophets of old. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you promised to keep us steady until the last day. Christ, have mercy. You instruct us to be ever watchful. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray that we will be ready to meet Christ.
Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, to resolve, to run forth, to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that gathered at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfil the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up from David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The Word of the Lord To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Lord, make me know your ways. Lord, teach me your paths. Make me walk in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Saviour. The Lord is good and upright. He shows the path to those who stray. He guides the humble in the right path. He teaches his way to the poor. His ways are faithfulness and love for those who keep his covenant and will. The Lord's friendship is for those who revere him. To them he reveals his covenant. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Finally, brothers and sisters, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you learned from us how you ought to live and to please God, as in fact you are doing, you should do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, 
and grant us your salvation. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus spoke to his disciples. There will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth, Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord One of the hardest lessons for any child to learn is about how to wait for good things to come. Waiting for holidays, birthdays, sporting events and, of course, Christmas, all of which require a special discipline. It's so difficult for a child to practice. It can also be difficult for adults to exercise the patience necessary while waiting for appointments or taxis or or just people to arrive on time. When outcomes don't arrive at a time that we want or in a way that we expect, then we give in to frustration and ultimately despair. Why does God make us wait? And how do we stay confident in that waiting time? At the start of today's liturgy in all churches, we performed a ceremony with the lighting of a candle, a symbol of Advent, the single small flame burning alone in the midst of others yet unlit, reminds us that this is a feast of beginnings, of waiting and anticipation. It's not so much a time of discipline as growing awareness or preparation for readjusting our lives that have tended to relax and lose focus about what's important and meaningful in a world of contrary voices. Now, it might seem strange that this gospel of today's liturgy, a liturgy of beginnings, turns our attention to the end, to the coming of the heavenly realm, identified by the Church with Christ and his second coming and glorious appearance. Of course, this is to remind us that we are all on a journey moving towards an end that is still ahead of us, towards which we are still on our way. Now, even though Jesus paints a rather grim picture of the future, he does so in order to influence what's happening now. See, he doesn't want to paralyze people with fear so much as energize them into action. He encourages us to do things by way of preparation. Firstly, to be realistic about the way the world is going, and at the same time, not to lose hope for the future. If we just listened only to this section of Jesus' message, then we would feel understandably hopeless. And that's the way many people feel today. They deduce that if issues like COVID and global warming are in the world, 
then what have we got to hope in? We believers in the message of Christ are fortunate in that we know the whole story and our hope founded in the salvific action of Jesus. And that's why we tell the story again and again, beginning at each Advent. We need to be reminded and reassured so that we don't succumb to a negative and hopeless image of the world. Advent, of course, is a time of preparation for Christmas, so we are invited to feel the meaning of the feast more profoundly by reflecting on the history of humanity as we imagine ourselves sharing in the anticipation of a future Saviour. But Advent is something much more than recalling the past history of salvation or mere play-acting. It's a history in which we are included, in which we declare that we too wait in joyful hope for the coming of Christ. It commemorates a joyful kind of waiting, a waiting for Jesus that contains promise, love, preparation, alertness, reflectiveness, new beginnings and fulfilment. It's a kind of waiting for the God who has come, who does come and will come. It's time to be awake, alive, quick-sighted, zealous in honouring him and to look out for him in all that's happening around us to be detached from what is present and to live in what is unseen, to live in the thought that Christ once again will come again. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Attentive to the Gospel's admonition to stay awake and pray at all times, we now place our petitions before God. that all members of the Church may live in hope for the coming of Christ in glory. Lord, hear us. That those who suffer from injustice or poverty may come to experience honesty and integrity in their land. Lord, hear us. That those who have no direction in their life may come to understand the hope and purpose to which they are called. Lord, hear us. 
that this community may be alert to every opportunity to show the face of Christ. Lord, hear us. That the dead may enjoy light, happiness and peace, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of faithfulness and love, we humbly ask you to hear our prayers as we await the return of your Son in glory, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of his name for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept, we pray, O Lord, these offerings we make, gathered from among your gifts to us, and may what you grant us to celebrate devoutly here below gain for us the prize of eternal redemption. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation that when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite and govern her throughout the whole world, together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant Ken, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. And all gathered here, whose faith and devotion are known to you, for them we offer you this sacrifice of praise, or they offer it for themselves and all those who are dear to them, for the redemption of their souls, in hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and our Lord Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon and Jude, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogenus, John and Paul, Cosmas and Damian, and all your saints. We ask that through their merits and prayers, in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept the oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace, and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, his Almighty Father. Giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands. And once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed Passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ your Son, our Lord, 
we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty, from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance, and to accept them, as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ a place of refreshment, light and peace. To us also, your servants, who, though sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share and fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May the mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. 
have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me by this your most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Amen. The Lord will bestow his bounty, and our earth shall yield its increase. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already here, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection.
What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. May these mysteries, O Lord, in which we have participated, profit us, we pray. For even now, as we walk amid passing things, you teach us by them to love the things of heaven and to hold fast to what endures. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks, everyone. And may God's love, strength, mercy and kindness guide you all this week and through the whole season of Advent as we prepare for the coming of the Lord at Christmas time. The Lord be with you. Let's bow our heads and pray for God's blessing. May the almighty and merciful God, by whose grace you have placed your faith in the first coming of his only begotten Son, and yearn for his coming again, sanctify you by the radiance of Christ's advent, and enrich you with his blessing. Amen. As you run the race of this present life, may he make you firm in faith, joyful in hope, and active in charity. Amen. So that rejoicing now with devotion at the Redeemer's coming in the flesh, you may be endowed with the rich reward of eternal life when he comes again in majesty. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Rev. Paul Kelly. Advent Hymn, O Come Lord, in memory of Paolo Mario Paul Giacomantonio, 1968-2020, by Paul W. Kelly, based on Ancient Church O Antiphons of Advent, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stephen Kelp, 2020. Production by KER. May God bless and keep you.